Hi there, my name is Matt Furness and this is The Culture Hack, a video and podcast series that captures experiences and life lessons from those who know culture best. The goal? To help you to understand, design and change your company culture. Thanks for tuning in. Hi everybody and welcome to The Culture Hack. It's Matt Furness here from Click Culture Consulting and I'm joined today by Claire Cathcart. Claire has held uh, various senior HR roles in businesses like ULife, EDF and TUI. She's also created Elevate, a HR membership that aims to support HR uh, professionals uh, and give them the support they need to be at their best. With all that experience, I'm really looking forward to talking to Claire about all things company culture. So welcome, Claire. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So we'll be talking today about your experiences shaping company culture, including the challenges you've you faced, what you did about them and the lessons that you've learned. But just to start, it would be a great it would be really fantastic if you just give me a quick ground, uh, just uh, a quick story into your background and, and who is Claire? So, as you said, I've worked in a number of organisations. I've worked in HR for about 15 years now. And I think the interesting thing about my career is that every business has been so different. So I have experienced cultures kind of at either end of the spectrum, really. So um, some, some I've worked in some really interesting places, um, held, as you said, senior HR roles. I've been head of HR um, for the last four or five years now. So really in a position to help shape and evolve those cultures um, within those organisations. Awesome, thank you. And, um, and tell me a little bit more about Elevate. Elevate is my passion project. I love everything people and HR related. So this was my idea that I had at the start of the year to really add value to the HR population. There were lots of conversations about HR for HR, HR professionals needing support, where do they turn, and lots of people leaving toxic environments. Um, talking about culture, you know, this kind of this toxic environment um, phrase has been banded about quite a lot this year. So really wanted a space where professionals could feel supported um, with their career, with their HR knowledge and be part of a community. Awesome. And it, for me, that sounds a little bit like um, the whole gas mask analogy and how if HR intended to support um, you know, the wider organisation, they need to first look out, out for themselves and, and make sure that they are they have the skills they need, they're looking after themselves. Yeah, exactly that. So talk to me a little bit about, um, you mentioned how you've worked in lots of different businesses with culture. So what are the the most stubborn uh, cultural challenges that you've, you've tended to face? I think looking back, there was one organisation that I worked in that as many businesses have, they had been operating for a number of years, for a really long time. And why did they need to change? Why would they need to change? Everything's been great. The problem was the business was growing and it was growing rapidly. So it wasn't a small business anymore. It was, you know, getting into um, the realms of they needed to start really thinking about it. So I, I think when you have organi organizations like that, the challenges really are 
helping everyone come on the journey with you. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's so important to get buy-in from everyone. If you continue to have people that are sitting there and they don't want to change, they don't see the need to change, they can really become detractors and quite a negative influence on the people around them and can really impact the, um, the evolution of the culture, essentially. So what so what I've heard there then is a couple of things. One is uh, in in that business you um, you needed people to acknowledge that what got us here won't get us there. So you needed people to to acknowledge that we need to actually fundamentally do something different. And the second thing I've heard is you need more than sort of lukewarm agreement to 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 it. You need people to actively play a role and to be agents in the culture change and to take responsibility. On the last episode, we we talked about how every person impacts culture, so it fits in really nicely with that. What what about the other challenges that you faced? I think the thing about culture is that there are so many different facets to it. You can't just say, change this one thing and your whole culture will be changed. There's so many different parts to it and they're all connected, they all link together. So one of the thing, one of the challenges that I've seen is really how do you communicate all of that? And if you don't have the correct channels in place, if you don't have the people that are there to communicate on a regular basis and you're not really clear on your messaging, it can all just get lost in translation. So, yeah, I think one of the, the big challenges is definitely communication and I'm a huge fan of um, the English language and, and using the right words for the kind of the, the right sentiment. So if you don't get your messaging spot on, your culture may not evolve in the way that you want it to. And, and the messaging that you talk about, is that the messaging around what what's what's that messaging around? So um, let's get deep into culture and kind of what impacts it. So um, things like um, the way we speak to people, the decisions that we make, the meetings that we have, the amount of meetings that we have, um, the direction from the leadership. This culture is impacted by everything. So when I talk about communication, it's how are we letting people know that there's a subtle change in this, or when we have, you know, we're having different kinds of meetings now, or we're having less meetings, or we're introducing a new initiative, or there's a new HR policy, there's a new process, whatever it is, we have to communicate it. So um, I, w- I worked for an organisation where the the primary communication channel was email, and email has its place for sure. Um, in 2023, we have a lot more communication channels now. We have Slack keeping us going. Um, you know, th- there's loads of kind of instant messenger things. We have intranets. We have um, group WhatsApp channels. There's so many ways that we communicate in business now. So we have to get them right. We have to make sure that we're talking to the right people via the right channel. We continue to communicate. We over communicate um, and we talk about all of these little things. So going back to what I said about where I worked, they had only had email. That was a challenge, right? Because we don't want to flood people's inboxes with emails every time we introduce something new or we made a change. So we actually created an intranet 
it doesn't sound re revolutionary sitting here you know in, in 2023 but they didn't have one at the time so actually introducing it meant that we could um, communicate in a better way we could we could have information sitting there so it wasn't overlooked so people could go back to it and um, read things you know at their own time we could share stories so we created a blog so you, you know I think a big part of um, the, the culture piece is storytelling so having a blog where we're talking about things that weren't necessarily directly business related started to create a shift so yeah internet <laughs> a number of years ago now but yeah an amazing way for us to communicate and really start to um, evolve the the culture there and you mentioned so so internet being one emails being another and you, you mentioned you know whatsapp and slack and all these various different mediums in terms of how how a business can communicate with its people how do you make the decision on the messages to send via which platform i think everything that you do around culture has to be planned it culture will happen organically whether you, you do anything to it or not, it will evolve organically. But if you want to be intentional about your culture, you have to have a plan. So I think when it comes to communication, we really need to um, have some principles around it. So um, we came up with, um, I'll give you some real life examples, right? It's always, always helpful yes, to kind of get into the detail. So if we had a business change something significant like um, an acquisition people needed to know about it on the day it was important it was big news then it would be an email from the CEO like absolutely it's necessary it needs to get directly to the person so it's the right thing to do if we were talking about anything that wasn't time bound so um we were changing the prices in the, the canteen and that sounds like a small thing but actually talking about culture that was um the prices in the canteen were being subsidized by the business as a well-being initiative um but it's not time bound so that's the kind of thing we could put onto the intranet and maybe into a blog so people could digest it at their own their own time um anything that was um quite conversational then we can put into kind of slack the instant messenger that, that kind of thing but um with very clear guidelines that you are not to expect an instant reply so i think having some principles some guidelines so people know where to go to digest certain information i think is really helpful if you just do a scattergun mm. and put every message on every channel it may not be the most effective so plans, structures, principles, I think are all helpful if you purposefully and intentionally want to evolve your culture. Absolutely. And uh, so what I like about what you've just said is a couple of things. One, it's about um, avoiding just overloading people by every single channel. It's about being intentional. And the other thing that I like going back to what you were saying before was that culture is going to develop whether you like it or not it's going to happen you can't culture doesn't begin the day that you write down some values and behaviors you will have a, as soon as there are two people in a room together a culture will start to form and knowing that you've got a choice of letting it develop organically almost by default 
or purposefully by design and I love that word in being intentional with with comms and I imagine that applies in pretty much everything we do in culture it's about being intentional with it yeah definitely and I think um it, it can be quite overwhelming when you think I need to change a culture right that's it culture isn't working something needs to change and mm -hmm. you think, oh my goodness where do you even start with this kind of stuff and I, I think if you're able to break it down into the component parts, really understand um, the kind of the detail and the intricacies and everything in your organisation that will impact the culture, you can start to create a plan. It doesn't have to feel like this really overwhelming beast that will, um, you know, give you sleepless nights. I think if you just take off each each part one at a time and think. Mm. this is the, this is what it feels like today this is what it looks like today what do we want it to look and feel like in the future so have a really clear goal of where you want to get to and then you can start to think about well how do we get there how do we go from a to b what are the steps that we need to put in place what actions do we need to take and then your plan starts to form quite naturally, I think, when you take that approach and look at the the smaller parts that make up the, I guess, the thing that will evolve the culture. Mm. So it sounds like almost finding the thing that you want to change, and then in the in the system that we you spoke about earlier, all the different things that contribute, identify what are the things contributing to that, and then one by one shifting them and trying to make culture which feels quite abstract into something that actually feels controllable and something you can put a plan around and, and, and sort of actions around yeah definitely and I think before you even get to that stage start speaking to your people because you will have an idea in your head around where you want to get to and what you want the differences to be and what you want it to look and feel like in the future but ask your people like go and do some focus groups or surveys or you know anecdotal mm, things, whatever mm. it is go and speak to people and say what it's like what is it like to work around here um and i i did exactly that when i joined one business and i asked those questions i said look i'm going to be really direct what is it like to work around here and i said be honest be open and i had the good and the bad and everything in between which was really helpful so kind of almost immediately within the first couple of weeks I knew where the challenges were and I knew how the culture needed to shift and it wasn't based on my own observations it was simply based on I spoke to people obviously the longer I worked there I could see some of the things that had been um, highlighted but I think finding out and identifying the challenges that you need to overcome is really important before you start building a plan and those challenges that will be described to you as, you as you listen to people you can take them to senior leaders or whoever has your sort of budget for HR or chooses to invest in HR or not to invest how tricky or easy have you found it to influence senior leaders to place the time emphasis focus that culture deserves I think you will always find people that just get it they understand the need for change, they understand how it can change, and they're kind of a, a, an advocate straight away. You will always get those people. Just as on the flip side, you always get those people that are kind of resistant to change and less open to it. 
So who are you going to start with? Start with your advocates, right? Because there will be a ripple effect. So if you're faced with a leadership team that is a kind of a mixed bag, then I would start to have those individual conversations with your advocates to really get them on board. Because what will happen is they will talk to their peer group, their peer group, that so those people that are on the board. And as a HR person, you don't have to do all the work. You don't have to be the ones to influence and, you know, um, convince people it's the right thing to do. Work together as a team, as a unit. And I think part of the, I guess, we're talking a lot about challenges. One of the challenges is that culture is not easily measured quickly. <laughs> and what the business leaders want, they want results. They want it snappy. They want it here and now. They want a graph. They want to know how things are changing. And unfortunately, culture isn't going to change overnight. Overnight, There's not really going to be quick wins. I guess the caveat is there might be a couple of things that you kind of tweak around the edges, but um, you're not going to be able to measure success straight away. So you don't have to change their opinion overnight. You need to continue to have the conversation. You need to be coming up with plans. You need to speak to people so you've kind of got the validation as to why you're making those changes and then tackle each thing at a time. So you don't go into the conversation with the, the detractor and say, right, this is what we're doing to the culture and this is what's, what's going to happen. There's no kind of point having that conversation. Let's start to unpick these smaller pieces and have those conversations with them. And before you know it, six, 12 months later, 18 months later, they mm. go, oh, starts to feel different. I can see the changes being made. So I wouldn't worry too much about the detractors. They will come around. They they will come around and, and see um, that change was needed. So it sounds like it's more of a long-term play demonstrating that this will work, but also being honest with them that it won't work overnight and not spending month one, two, three trying to persuade them, but showing showing wins, showing progress and trusting that that will get them on the right side. And also, as you mentioned, using the, the, the advocates, perhaps especially the influential ones to, to sort of work on your side, um, almost like a coalition. So let's now imagine you've, you've, you've been working on culture. Talk me through the types of tip, trick, strategies that you use to actually shift a culture from A to B. So I think that there are some big things. So I worked for an organisation where they didn't have their company values, for example. They just didn't have any. So that was one of one of the big things. And it's not just about what are the buzzwords we're going to put up on the wall or that we're going to put on our website to look cool for other people. It needs to be more meaningful than that, I think, your company values leading into your behaviours, your expectations is a really good place to start. And you may well have company values in place, but are they right for your business now? There is no harm reviewing them and changing them and tweaking them and evolving as an organisation. So starting there can really um, signal to people that there is going to be a change, that these are our expectations now. Um, and, you know, we had 
there was a conversation around siloed working. I'm sure many businesses experience this between teams and it was becoming a real challenge. It was a real problem for the business around siloed working. So as we're having a conversation about values, one of the company values was teamwork. And it was something that we would then start to talk about. We would embed, we'd put actions in place. How are we going to work together? And definitely a step in the right direction to change the culture. And we did put the company values up on the wall and people came into the office and saw them. But it was much more than that. It really became part of how they worked as an organisation. Um, that's quite an extreme example. Lots of businesses are very settled and their culture is OK. And they go, well, like, what more can we do? How can we kind of evolve things further? So I worked for... Um, an organisation that was very heavily focused on well-being. So their culture absolutely embodied that. The decisions they made around things like company sick pay, how they supported individuals with their mental health, did all the right things. And we actually took things a step further because we started to have conversations about quite taboo topics. Um, menopause in the workplace for example things that were maybe uncomfortable for some people to talk about and we it was a really small thing but we created a slack status we were a part of a working group and we were talking about um, things that we can change actions that we can take to make people feel, feel more comfortable the conversation press uh, um, kind of evolved from menopause in the workplace it was like actually everyone has mental health problems everyone had a bad day um so we changed the slack status to say not feeling a hundred percent really small thing but people could choose that as an option if they were having a bad day that had a massive impact on people um thinking you know we work for this culture that is we work for this business that has a culture of well-being but my goodness they've just taken things to the kind of next level they really care so i think if your culture is quite stable, it's OK. There are still things that you can do, even small things that will evolve it or really start to embed it further. I really like that because, well, A, I've never heard it before, but B is um, when, when we talk about a lot of company values or where your focus might be, things like well-being, it's, it's up here in the clouds, whereas the example that you've provided was really practical, pragmatic, something a business would quite easily implement, you know, just having a, a slack slack option to say not 100%. And just that sort of te small technological change can have a big difference in terms of when you message someone asking for help or asking um, for a response to an email or whatever it might be, I imagine it had quite a big impact on how people approached one another and how people spoke to one another. It really did. And people were even coming to me saying, so if someone has this slack status, what do I do? And I said to them, well, every case is going to be different. If you work with them closely on a regular basis, say, hi, no need to reply, just checking in here if you need something. If you don't work with them on a regular basis, don't dis disturb them on that day. Don't disrupt them. Or you know, if, if you had a meeting booked in, you might want to say, hey hope you're okay I'm really happy to reschedule this if, if Monday works better and see what they say I said it really depends on the relationship that you have with that person but we are not putting principles in place 
it's just mm. there it's an indication you can ignore it do nothing carry on as normal or you can do those things that I've suggested so it, mm. it definitely made people think twice before communicating they were maybe kind of softer in their communication they were um just really considerate about how that person might be feeling on that day so yeah a small technical change huge impact yeah I think one of the reasons that's perhaps even more needed is in a virtual environment it's harder to tell when people aren't okay because they're not sat in front of you in the office and you can't see that they are being particularly quiet or that they they just look upset so I think it's harder to to see those cues as a manager or as a peer. And so I think that, that small technological change that you just described provides those cues when they're otherwise missing in a virtual or hybrid environment, which I think is really powerful. So you, you've talked about all sorts of different things that you've done in, 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 in various businesses. Which are the what what are the things that you've been most proud of? The pieces of culture work which um that yeah, you, you look back on and you feel really proud to have been a part of and to have contributed towards. I think introducing the internet, again, it may sound like a small thing, had such a huge impact. It was it was a way to communicate in so many different ways and it provided information on everything <laughs> you know the recognition scheme was on there the benefits the discount scheme was on there the um the blog was on there Just, there's so many different things and it's that kind of stuff that impacts the culture, right? So um, putting something in place that people could access information at their fingertips. Um, it was a huge project to build it, um, but absolutely worthwhile and so glad we did it. What I, what I noticed about that example and the example you provided before is they're both about technology. And what I find quite interesting about that is I think sometimes in HR, we 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 think about culture as being soft and we focus on the things within HR's remit when in fact I think best HR leaders are able to recognize that culture is actually impacted by all sorts of things outside of HR's remit and they work with leaders in other parts of the business whether that's strategy, technology, law, processes, whatever it might be to ensure that those things are designed in a way that design in, in a way that impacts the culture in a positive way as opposed to just allow almost seeing culture as something just focusing on what's within your remit if that makes sense yeah I, I think the key thing is about my my kind of mantra is always the technology must be an enabler so I have lots of conversations with people trying to sell platforms and their latest app and all of these different things but if it's not part of the plan and where we're going, then I'm kind of more reluctant to to, to sign up to the, to these different kind of kind of technology initiatives. It was always part of the plan to have a recognition scheme. So how do I make that happen? It was always part of the plan to have a blog. So how do I make that happen? So the technology enables the plan that you have. I mean, there's other things that we've done, like we've set up. Um, kind of networking groups around you know like women in tech and D&I and all those things that you would expect 
which do have an impact on the culture. But I think if you can find things like the internet that will impact the majority of people, then you have the best chance of really embedding those things that you want to change. So if um, if I wanted to talk about a new initiative, if I don't have a way to communicate it beyond email, it becomes tricky. So yeah, finding a way to reach the masses and allowing technology to enable what you're doing is probably a, a better approach, I think. I imagine that guards against sort of shiny object syndrome, syndrome where there's a, an amazing bit of tech, but it's just a shiny distraction uh, and it might not actually help you to achieve what you're trying to do um, when it comes to your culture. So um, I'm just going to move the conversation on. You've spoken about the things you've achieved, lots of the things you've done that have, that have gone down well. But I imagine in your experience there, there have been things that you've got wrong and mistakes that you've made. So what I'm really curious to understand is what are the mistakes that, you, that you've perhaps made and, and perhaps learned from? I think earlier in my career, um, I, I was probably guilty of thinking, well, it's impossible to change a culture. It's here, it exists. I'm working for this organisation. It's very established. This business has been around a really long time. What hope do we have in changing it? And gosh, a number of years ago now, I don't count. Um, I worked, when I was working at TUI, we did a massive piece of work on um, the IT function and it's how it was organised. So a massive piece of change work, a massive piece of OD and I remember talking to someone at that time and it just kind of blew my mind I was like we can't put you know how do we change the culture this is so big and yeah I think um that's really a mistake that I well maybe limiting beliefs like how could I possibly be involved in changing a culture so had I known then what I know now it would have been an easier piece of work so yeah that's probably one of the things that I remember from a my earlier um earlier career I helped you to make that shift from culture is just so big and hairy that I, you just can't you can't you can't change it it's, it's just beyond possible to oh no it is actually possible to do something about this really big abstract thing I think it was when um I don't really like referring to theory and textbooks and stuff um you know I'm much more about the practical HR but when I started to learn about things like the cultural web I was like oh okay there's some models out there there's some there is some theory behind this and you know there's research that shows that you can do this so if you are one of those people like me many years ago that thinking is thinking that it's impossible to change a culture go and read some books on it or go and look at these models because actually it definitely opened my mind because when I started to explore each of the different elements I was like I get this I understand it and yes I can make a change in this area and then you think right okay let me bolt on the next area and oh yes I can make a change in that area and it all starts to come together I think it's just simply time experience working with good people that have done this before learning from them and yeah sitting here 15 years later um, I have been involved in some of those pieces of work so yeah definitely um, go out and just learn and read and, and get stuck in. 
I, I'm like you, actually. I'm more on the end of pragmatism and being practical. I do think theory is really important and research is really important. I think what theory gives us is an ability to predict what will happen if we do X. And so what that therefore gives us is almost like a toolkit of things that we can apply in the right circumstances to shift culture. So totally agree on what you've just said. Um, so, so if that if those are your sort of personal mistakes, I, imag I imagine there are lots of bigger mistakes and myths happening across the whole industry. So what I'd be really curious to hear is what's perhaps one big myth about company culture that you'd like to be debunked? Um, I think it's probably that it's going to take ages to make a difference. Now, we have talked about, you know, culture can take 6, 12, 18 months, even longer to really change. But you can, you can, if you pick off some big things to tackle straight away, they will have an impact. So the example I gave around writing the company values absolutely had an impact straight away because people knew that we were listening. So if if you're starting to think, I don't have the time, the energy, the resources to embark on this massive project, and you kind of view it like that, then it will become it 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 will be it'll be difficult. So I guess the myth that it's going to take forever and it's too hard and it's too difficult and it's too expensive is not true. Um, so almost start today and a few months time, you will start to feel different you will start to see differences so yeah just just take action don't think it's uh it's going to take a lot of your resources mm. it's, it's it sort of sounds to me like you're hinting on this concept of like learned helplessness in the industry where people sort of look at it and go it's just too big how could I possibly do anything about it and they've almost learned that response of Oh, well there's nothing I can do I'm helpless when what I'm hearing is no there are it, it's yes it's hard yes it's big yes it's abstract but there are things you can do and there's nothing stopping you from beginning right now is that fair to say yeah definitely and it, for example if you've decided that you need uh, more of a kind of high performance culture you've decided that we now need to focus more on performance because we've been too soft for example well you need to look at do you have a performance framework in place do you link performance to pay you know what things do you have in place already so even looking at something like the approach to performance management how you're measuring success will will have a huge impact on your business if, so if you want this driving high performance culture there are some big things that you can do that will make a difference it's almost like setting the priority then figuring out what are the the three to five biggest things that, you, that are going to help you achieve that and then make them projects, make them day-to-day -day tasks and focus on them one by one or simultaneously. Um, conscious of time, uh, a question that I ask all of my guests at the end is uh, about a culture hack. So something that uh, takes a little effort but can have a huge impact. So I'm curious, what, what would a culture hack be for you? I think anything around your leadership team is always really helpful. So they are the people 
that people listen to. They have a lot of respect within an organisation. So if you want something to change quite quickly or you want a message to get out there and, and land and be received, get it to come from your CEO, your MD, you know, whoever, whoever your leader is, um, get them involved in the messaging. And it's something that I've used um, through my career that if I want a message to land, I'll go knock on their, their door and say, hey, would you mind sending this out for me? Because it needs to, you know, it needs to have the clout behind it. So, yeah, definitely get the leadership team involved first. And, and yeah. That, and that goes back to the conversation we, we, we had earlier about making sure that they're, they're on the same page with all, all of this so that they can do that stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. So uh, I am conscious of time and uh, I recognise that we could talk about this all day. Um, I don't want to hold too much more of your time, Claire, and I'm also conscious of the listeners' time as well. But I was just wondering, do you have any final reflections on our, com on our conversation or anything else that you want to add? Um, I would add that if it's even remotely in your thoughts that you're thinking about the culture doesn't feel right something's changed there's been a shift you know if there's been lots of acquisitions there's many reasons why a culture will change in an organization if you're even starting to think about it then explore that start having conversations write stuff down start to put action plans in place because if you keep putting it off and putting it off it's going to the culture will just as we've talked about it will happen organically mm -hmm. and my personal opinion is that it is better to have a culture by design mm, so absolutely if you're seeing the niggles take action absolutely and and as you if you're feeling those things about the culture you, you won't be alone as well i imagine other people will have noticed them and will share that recognition that the culture needs to change yeah, definitely. So I just want to finish by saying a huge thank you to you, Claire, for sharing your time and your experiences. I really do appreciate it. And if, if people want to contact you or perhaps found out, find out more about Elevate, what's what's the best way to do so? Definitely um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, so drop me a message. Um, all of the information about Elevate is on my profile there as well. So, yeah, it would be great to connect with you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So I think that's all for today if you like this episode please do listen to our other episodes for more first-hand experiences and lessons on all things culture otherwise thank you so much for tuning in and go well everybody <laughs>